Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Scurry in the Scrub. This is episode 11. So we got the Marcus Zagorowski, Tyler Clement episode. Um, today on the show, uh, we got Connor Cashoff, former Blue Jay, former Rice Owl, now Euro League Hooper. Um, so Jordan and I are going to have some fun picking his brain about his time at CU. And uh, we'll go over the uh, – we'll preview Wednesday's Big East title, de facto Big East title game, Creighton and Villanova as the basketball gods have blessed us with once again. Um, I guess, first of all, Connor, how you doing? How's, uh, how's, uh, how's the uh, other side of the world treating you? Doing good, man. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, obviously back in England now. Uh, feels quite like home really now at this point. So everything's good on my end. Basketball's good. Right now we're in lockdown, obviously, and the social life's a little weird. I know in America it's pretty much free. Um, but all as well, all as well. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I mean, some of us choose isolation still because it's still out there. So <laughs> I haven't been no. vaccinated yet. So I'm still, yeah. States are very different, bro. States are very different. Like Massachusetts, we're good here. I th- at least I think so. I like think it's probably a little bit like you guys, like masks everywhere, restaurants still slow down, all that, right? No, out here, everything is shut. Like you can't even go to a restaurant. Really? You're not even supposed to be at like people's houses that you're not that you don't know. So we ain't locked down, locked down yet. Only thing that's really allowed is obviously professional sports and uh, healthcare workers and things like that. Okay, so because how close are you to the city? City, how populated is the area like you're at right now? Is it like a real city or is it suburbs? Yeah, it's no, it's kind of like suburbs. It's kind of like it's like 30 minutes outside London, so kind of like the suburbs, suburb areas. But yeah, but you're still that's so, yeah, still pretty crazy. Yeah, still pretty popular. So, do you so, drive yourself crazy at all? Or are you cool now? Like, do you are you settled? Settled now. You kind of get used to it. You know, you got to find your routine. It's it's like, how am I going to distract myself differently today? What am I going to do differently? Because obviously, you can't go anywhere. So, I mean, the simple things of life, man. Going on walks when it's sunny out, things like that. So, um, yeah, doing what we can. How's the how's the basketball side of things going? You enjoying it? It's good, man. It's a process, obviously, because similar to the States, there's no fans. Um, you can only get in the gym right now for certain hours because of the COVID situation. But I'm still loving it, man. I'm still loving the league, the, the team, and growing every day. It's always, you know, it's crazy that we get to play during a pandemic, especially in a different country. So I can't, I can't say I'm complaining about anything. Yeah, what are you trying to take away from the second half of your career here? Because, like, I mean, you're still young, so it's not, um, you know, there's still time to kind of map out what you want the rest of your life to look like a little bit. But what, what's the basketball part of it doing for you? What are you hoping to uh, to achieve from this part of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I just ever since I went to college, I said, all right, whatever my path is, is my path and I'll just go with it. Um, I just want to continue to work hard and, and believing the, the end goal. Um but it's just so many things that, you know, playing overseas, playing at Creighton, it's, it's blessed me with opportunities. Like, now I have so much time to think about what I really want to do after basketball. Like, what are my side hustles? I started a YouTube channel, uh, things like that. Like, you guys started the podcast. It's awesome. It's dope. Um, so, that and it's crazy. Like, basketball is giving me things outside of basketball. Because when we're playing in college, all you know is basketball. I never really worked a job. I know, Scary, you know about this, like, now it's like, oh, I got so much time that I can kind of kind of be free and think about what I want and reflect and things like that. So, but 
as far as the path of basketball, every every step is, you know, um, trying to get to the next level um, of each league and things like that. And just helping people on my way. I know, right now I have a kid on my team. He's about 18. He's going. He's coming into Wake Forest. His name's Cam Hildred. And, you know, kind of just telling him about what the states are like, what to expect, because it's obviously completely different. So uh, just the little things, too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's I'm actually, glad you like, brought that part up because I, I wanted to get into that with you and Jordan for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so I know Jordan. I know Jordan learned a lot from you. Like he talks about yeah. it a lot. Definitely. And I just think it's you bring up such a good point, Connor. I think because for me, when I was kind of weighing my options last year and thinking about like going overseas during obviously a global pandemic and all that, like I really thought about like if I was ready for that isolation again, like if because like what I was hearing from a lot of teams as I was talking to like agents and especially teams over in uh, Europe, like they were just like, uh, there's going to be like no real travel. There's going to be like, you, you're just going to really be locked in where you're staying and going to the gym. Right. And like, that was like, as someone who obviously you had a year under your belt, right. Going into the pandemic. But as for me, like not having that, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm really ready for that. And that's where I kind of like took a step back and like decided to rethink it. But you talked about how the basketball kind of like makes up for that because you do have these people coming in from all over. So is that the way you've been able to like really like not have to worry about the social side of it, just having your teammates being able to do all that? Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. You know how like you know going to school, the basketball team is like kind of like your fraternity. Yeah. Uh, by default, that's how it is. Like I got a couple roommates, so. I mean, when we get bored and we're at the house during the week, I'm playing Uno with them, like as silly as it sounds. Like we, I'm probably running up with Uno with them. I'm probably up 20 to 5, by the way. I'm coded it. So uh, you ever okay. want to play, I'm coded it. Um, okay. Yeah, man, just <laughs> relying on those relationships and, and, and building those. Like, honestly, talking to you guys back home. Uh, Mitch called me like a month ago. We talked for like the whole day. You know how Mitch could go. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, to Z um obviously uh damon and zo so i mean having those connections back home actually up a lot too um but yeah as you said man the pandemic it, it does kind of hurt the social side a lot especially now but that's one thing last year taught me too because you know traveling to a different country um and playing basketball you're like alone i was alone for the first time i felt because you know i played with people who had families they had kids they didn't really have time to you know, be my best, my, like my buddy, you know what I'm saying? Like as we bonded and Creighton and Rice. So learning how to be happy alone with myself and being happy mentally with myself is, was huge. And I could, and obviously I took that um, towards my future relationships too. Cause you gotta be happy with yourself first as Cheesy says, you know? So true. So true. Yeah. How did you, how are you, how did you, uh, I mean, that brings me to what I kind of wanted to pick your brain about. Um, how did you build those relationships at Creighton in one year? Because you, I mean, honestly, that was a really young squad. Yeah. And and you were like, so it's almost like you're two different. It's almost like you're a different person than they are. You know, there's a lot of young players on there coming out of high school. They probably had different thoughts in their head about what it's supposed to be like. And you coming from Rice, where you're a go-to guy, um, to play in a different role at Creighton as an older veteran. Like, how did you um, mesh with that type of, with those type of personalities? Yeah, man, I think the biggest thing, for me going into it, it, it kind of sucked because I missed the whole summer because um, I had to finish classes, but it was just accepting everybody who they were. You know, everyone was different. Like, and that that was the beauty of our team. 
Um, like you would have Teeny, who's completely different than than Skur, you know, and they were all hanging out together and things like that. Um, but Teeny, but all right, <laughs> shout out Teeny. Um, but I mean the bonding off the court, on the court, and learning, you know, studying the film, studying like how they are off the court and things like that, just getting to know people. Um, and just lending a hand, man. I, I I talked to Matt coming into to Creighton. He wanted me to be like a like a leader on and off the court silently or however however he stated it. And I I, I, I cherish that role. That was, that was probably one of the most fun roles I've had in a team organization because seeing other players blossom, seeing the youth, because a lot of the fans and, and people see CB and Marcus and, and Dame shining right now. But we saw that when I was there, you know, in practice it, I uh, with Dame at 1 a.m. in the morning, I saw it like I saw it. And it was it's just amazing to see like how like, if you put in the work, like what you get. And, and, and that's that's the beauty in for me, seeing that and seeing them put in the work, seeing their mentality grow and, and learning from each other. That's that's kind of what I embrace going into it. Yeah, Jordan, did you is that how you kind of like. I don't know, survived the second half of your career because, I mean, just being straight, you probably could have gone anywhere else and probably played a bigger role and put up numbers and done stuff. But I feel like you enjoyed the second half of your career because the team was really good, even though you didn't play, you know, a role that could like get some spotlight. Um, did you learn uh, from Connor in that regard in terms of just how to like, how to just be part of a team, even though if it's, if it's not a major role on the court. Absolutely. And it, and it's more so like getting guys like in, and having the impact to be able to even like on recruiting visits to hang out with guys like Connor, like, and hang out with them, like guys like Antoine, like that's what kept me there, like towards the end, like in that last experience. Cause like talk about guys who like love the fraternity aspect of like basketball, like, that's what I sensed about Connor, like on even just on his visit. And I was like, no, nah, this is the kind of person like I like these are kind of it wasn't even like because Creighton had the type of athletes I like really liked being around like and whether it's the Mitches, the Marcuses, like the Connors, that's what I'm saying. Like that really got me through. And uh, like Connor, it's awesome to hear you talk about it now, too. Right. Because you had so much of an impact obviously with us, like when you were there, like on the team, all that, just from your experience with basketball, all of it. But like, you don't even know, like you had an impact on guys like me even more so because I remember you talk about the summer, right? You weren't there. And I remember the week before, like you coming in all that, having a like awesome conversation with Coach Murfield about like when you were coming in and he was like, no, like, this kid is the real effing deal because like he finished like rice in this amount of years and he's grinding through summer school. He's like, this is the kind of like, this is like this, this is the kind of person we need in this program, like and all that. And that like had an impact on me to be like, okay, like I need to like get around this dude more and like understand like, what is it that like comes off to coaches that way and comes off to these people who are like making real decisions that like is so impactful. So like, all of us felt that. Like, I, I know if I felt that, all of us felt that. And so, like, you had even – I'm just trying to hit on, that. Like, even that summer you weren't there, like, you impacted us then as much as you impacted us, like, when you finally got there. Like, once we knew we got you, it just was, like, for everyone. Like, they see it now, but I'm, like, for me, even, like, going through my years, it was so impactful. It was so, like – 
to have somebody on your team like that, like a, a teammate that like cares about like just all like all about the team and it's like all about that even when it was your year like you were supposed to come in and that was supposed to be like your year to kill right but you were like you know what let me do what I need to do like what was me you didn't care about any of the other stuff so to see you give so much of yourself definitely helped me be like you know I can give all myself to this because it's worth it if it's worth it for guys like him it's worth it for guys like me you know the crazy part about hearing Jordan say all that right there is I remember talking to you, Connor, when you first committed to Creighton. Cause it, and honestly, your commitment was strange, too. It was out of the blue because, one, you didn't put yourself out there as, you, as a transfer guy, right? Because you wanted to tell – you wanted to let Rice know as your decision was final, not that you were just leaving them, essentially. Um, so that was a little bit strange in terms of – because normally you see guys – it, it turns into almost like a free agent pool a little bit. Guys transfer, then they become uh, kind of commodities, and then everybody's kind of racing to recruit them, and it starts the whole process over. Yours was backwards. You committed to Creighton because you had told Rice you were leaving, and all that news came out on your schedule, essentially. Um, and then in talking to you about why you came to Creighton, you didn't mention um, any type of playing style or – um, role you wanted to fill other than off-court stuff and then team goals. Like you wanted to go to the NCAA tournament. You wanted to be a team leader. You wanted to be a mature role model for the younger group. Like that's a very – and just in doing this, I'm telling you, that's a very unique perspective yeah. that you already had coming in. How did you grow into that? Because like I said, you, you were the guy at Rice. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, you could have been – like, yeah, you, you could have been the dude some you could have like transferred up and tried to be the dude somewhere like a lot of guys do. Like how did you grow into the Connor who wanted different goals? Like the Connor who just wanted to win, who wanted to be a leader and didn't uh necessarily care about what role that played on the court. Right. Um man, well first of all I appreciate you guys saying all that. That's love. Um We've, we've documented it on this podcast. We actually have talked about it. Like, you have so much of an influence on what Creighton is today. Seriously. Whether yeah. you know it or not, we've, we've talked about it a lot. We have. I mean, he mentioned it right there That's with awesome. Mitch calling him, talking to him, like Mitch, Dame, Denzel, all still calling him. That's because of that, that same squad. They're as good as they yeah, are now because of all that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because, you know, going into to community to Creighton, I wanted a place where it was family, it was culture, it was, you know, the right guys and obviously winning. Um, and just speaking on that, obviously our season was crazy. Like, I think we would have had just as good as a season as these last two years, but injuries and things like that. Like, we lost Marcus for a while, Tyshawn, all those things. Um, but the the family side is crazy. Like, even the coaches. I talked to Mac. Mac hits up all his players on, on their birthdays. Every single one. Yep. Like, past and presently. Yeah, young kids don't realize how like crazy that you know what I'm saying. Uh, lust, lust, like all these people just talked to Johnny last week, just checking in. Like, man, like, and, and these relationships, these bonds that go past just that one year. And I, I talk to you all the time. I feel like I've been there for ten years, not just one, but um, going to the season, being being a leader and taking and sacrificing and. Things like that, you know. I got to credit my dad for that. I think he kind of taught me to, you know, be selfless. Obviously, you have to be selfish in some terms, and I had to learn that uh, um, in life. But 
you know, seeing like Scurry grow as a person and a player um, is more beneficial. Like, I, I feel like I get a glow inside me when I see Scurry hitting threes and, and, and shouting to the, you know what I'm saying? Even though I, I obviously I do the same, I, I feel like I want the same thing, but seeing your brothers who, who go through it with you, um, it, it's, it's miraculous, man. Cause you know, them, them summers, I know the off season, the weight training, people don't understand, like, that's not fun, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not fun. You, and you look to your, to your left and your right when you sweating, and you see Scurry, you see Marcus, you see Mitch doing the same thing. Like, bro, I got your back. So that, that's, that's, you know, that's the grind. Yeah. And it's really like to see, to be at those points, right, when you like, why am I even doing this? Like, why am I running so much? Why am I pushing myself so much? Why am I in the gym so much? But then when you went there with guys like who you really like, you know, where you dead tired and you, you don't think you got it, whatever. And you're like, you know what? My man, like my man believes like these are my guys that believe in me. Like that's what gets you through for sure. Definitely through the process. So to see you have that type of like really like value from it. That's, that's, that's huge, man. Like a lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people don't really like understand that it's like really want to be there for their brother, like in that moment. So I commend you, man. And we're not just Um, like, we're not just, uh, buttering you up here like if people are listening like we're not just blowing smoke because he came on the show like this is real this is why creighton is as good as they are right now this this group like not just the program this group is they won the big east title last year and i i'll say it a hundred times over i've said it before i'll say it again i'll keep saying it they won the big east title this year or last year and on wednesday they're gonna play for another one at villanova like they're they're up on that tier now because of that 18, 19 squad and the ups and downs they went through and the roles that guys embraced to just keep them up. Like, and from an attitude standpoint, cause I'm telling you, um, like for, I'm not even going to ask Jordan or Connor this. I'm telling you guys as people, as listeners, I was at every practice, every practice in Omaha. I didn't go to the road practice, obviously, but every practice in Omaha for that 18, 19 squad, so you remember all those losing streaks, guys, like, you know, all those close losses where they had leads and they blew them. Um, all those all those moments in the season that could have broken a team and let it spiral into a 20 loss year. Um, and then you have to basically pick up the pieces. Guys would probably transfer. The whole thing would probably been blown up. They kept all that together because they never and they just never had a bad practice every day after a devastating loss was a complete reset. It was like you wouldn't, if you went into the gym, not knowing what yesterday was about, you would have thought you would have, you wouldn't have known the result. You would have known if they won by 20 or lost by 20 or lost by one on a last second shot. Like you wouldn't have known. There was only one time where I remember they were getting, they were about to have a clunker. um, And it was right before the pink out game against Georgetown. I think Max dad was, uh, was sick. So he had to, go check on you had to be out of town to go uh, tend to him and he wasn't at practice and i mean they were at the chi they were getting ready for the game and it was horrible they were that they, they were dragging ass they were not uh they were not working hard and like i remember scurry and i think caleb and like connor and martin like all you guys just like kind of like stopped practice and had a mid practice like huddle up 
like, look, this is not, not even close to our standard. Um, and basically just like, it, it wasn't like you lit into guys, but it was a honest moment. And it was like, we're better than this right here today. Like, stop it. Like get over whatever you're, whatever's going through your mind right now and focus on these next hour and 90 minutes and get yourself prepared for the game. And, and honestly, when they won, when they beat, when you guys beat Georgetown, I'm like, that was that that game was won right there in that moment, and I feel like that eighteen nineteen squad built their foundation off of moments like that, where you just show up to practice every day. Look, we lost a heartbreaker. Um, we blew you know, like losing streaks are piling up right here. We're not as good as we thought we should be coming off of what? Because you guys went to Thanksgiving or that Thanksgiving tournament, beat Clemson, tie went off. Like you had a lot of momentum. Um, you played Gonzaga. <laughs> Like in one of the best games I've ever seen in a loss, essentially, like that game was crazy. Um, got your doors blown off at Nebraska. Like there were so many, like the Marquette lost so many ups and downs, so many. Yeah. But you still had enough wherewithal to take Villanova to overtime in Philly without Tyshawn. Um, go to Marquette. When uh, how many top- did you have that game? How many did you have that game? I can't remember. Oh, no, you had like nineteen. You had, you, you were like <laughs> I, remember. I, I remember you were like three for three from three. How many <laughs> you had? You know how much you had. It was. I think it was like eleven. But I don't remember yeah. nineteen. But right, it's I'm like, but the point, well, yeah, but the point is like that. You know what that. I mean? Taking Nova to the wire, not even playing your style of basketball. You guys were walking it up, dr- draining the air out of it, like adjusting on the fly because you knew you didn't have a lot of firepower with Tyshawn sitting out, so you had to win in a different way. Going to Marquette. Marquette was trying to clinch a league title. They basically had four cracks at it, and you started their spiral downward. That's what I'm talking about, a spiral downward. Marquette let losses get to them at the end of the year, and it started with you guys. You went into their gym when they were ranked in the top ten. They had already beaten you this year. Marcus Howard had already dropped a 50-piece. Like They were feeling like they weren't sweating Creighton that day, and you guys went in hungry. Um, you had built off of all your experiences that year, and you built like some late-season momentum off of that win. That was like a springboard for you guys. And the 1920 squad, the year after that, won the Big East title off of that foundation that was built that year. Like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's my perception of it. Everything you guys did in practice the year prior when there were losing streaks, multiple losing streaks in Big East play, there were multiple games where you guys coughed up late leads that you should have won. You guys were probably like, there were opportunities for that to spiral. But what you built off of that is what we're seeing now. The Big East chance from last year, arguably a two seed in the NCAA tournament that didn't happen. And then this year now where there's two games left in the regular season and they're going to go play Villanova, the Villanova, the gold standard for success in college basketball the last decade, essentially. They're going to go play them for a conference title on Wednesday because of the foundation that was laid that year. No, definitely. And I think the important part about even the foundation that was laid, like, just for my, from my perspective, right? Like in being on the team and like getting that whole year and how obviously like, you know, so kind of just so you know, Matt has said on multiple accounts, how you deserve a Big East championship ring from last year. Because like, like we're saying now, like, like you, you put the DNA in this team. So you do. And I support this, but for me, cause having gone through it and like actually been a part of the team and agreeing with what Matt's saying, I'm like, it's really because of everything you instilled in us and like every, you and KJ both, right? Like everything when, when stuff was like looking like we were going to be an NIT team and we were like, you know what, we got to do this for these guys. Right. And then even when you left, we were still like, nah, we still got to do this for these guys. Right. 
Okay. It was like, to me, it was because you made, you had a shift, right, in your senior year, right? Because obviously coming in, we were, like, I had known, like, I, like, my freshman year when I came in, right, like, we went to the NCAA tournament. Like, I was thrown into just an awesome situation. For you, like, what was it when, because obviously you were, I was creating an awesome situation, but it, that year just didn't end up working out, like, most of the years that I had there, right? But it was just awesome to see when was it? I, I, I don't know. I can't, I just can't pinpoint when it was or what it was for you that like, what made you like really switch, like to be like, you know what, even though this is going to be like this NIT year, like this is still like, I'm, I'm, I'm riding for this squad. And like, cause you could have just been like, yo, I'm, I'm out. Like I got a year. I'm about to just go pro and like over wherever you were going to go and be like, it's not working out. I'm just whatever. But like, as the year went on, you got more invested. So like, what was it that still made you be like, you know what, Creighton is something I still want to be a part of for life. Like now we're saying like, it's your impact, but what was it that like made you want to be like, yo, this is like, this is why I want to have this impact on this team. Like, this is why I care so much about Creighton. Yeah, bro. I think it was, I think it was after, that that span, I think we went to to Nova, then the Seton Hall. We lost. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely like a couple losses in a row. It was looking mm-hmm. crazy, and we we was in the film room. I don't know if you remember this, but we were in the film room. Mm-hmm. And I I just started talking. I don't know what I said, but everyone's like, "Dang, like he's right." Like I, I just felt like we had not just each other's back, but we had the talent, the skill, the the staff, everything to make this NCAA tournament and I obviously I went to Creighton I'm like bro I want to play that's my dream like I'm gonna do this I want to win the Big East I want to get a ring I want to do all that um and that's never gonna that that never left me even when I left Creighton so I'm sitting up at 2 3 a.m watching y'all put down the banners bro like and and that bring just as much joy you know so um but but after that talk like it was just instilled I feel like it was instilled not just in me but Nothing's going to break us. Um, adversity introduces, you know, um, a man to the, the true self, ultimate goal. And I, I know what my goal was, was in a tournament, regardless of an average one minute or 40 minutes, you know. And goals are, are obviously tough because sometimes you feel like you're slipping. Like those are, the, those aren't just losses, bro. Like we lost, like, like Matt said, we lost like five games in a combined five points, like with, without Marcus, without Tyshawn. So we're, we're all beat up. I think you were hurt. My shoulder was hurt. Uh, Dame was hurt the whole season. So it was like, we were still believing like, dang, like we were, and th- you still believe like that. You have all those things go wrong. You still fight, you still fight and you lose by like one point. It's like, dang, like you could have just fully like, been right there, but that helped us grow that adversity, those losses, and now look what where Creighton's at. Like they're prepared, like they're they're ready for the tournament. Like when this time comes around, I know a lot of people complain about uh, early loss, early losses, but I think like the the mentality is instilled because of those losses, those adversity, and that, that stuff like that. So that that's what kind of drove me to stay stay positive, stay upbeat because because I could I saw what we could do now and what we were going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. and it's crazy right still it's coming to fruition now like you're right. right you were right that's why i'm saying like whatever you were feeling was right because like look at this team like look at what has been built up 
crazy. So, so fun to watch. You could see the chemistry. You could see the roles bought in. Zell, Damien, like, like Dame's bought in. Dame's uh, bought in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, bro, it's so I, I feel like I'm in the game, bro. Like, the, it's crazy. I know. Like, I know. I know. I feel it. You know, Every, feel I, that I, I struggle to watch these games and not yell. I really do. Yeah. I promise you. Because right. it's like, these are my guys, man. Like, I was with these kids on their recruiting business, everything. So it's like seeing them out there balling this year. I can't wait. They're gonna do big things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's another thing. They're recruiting. Like, obviously, I could have left right after the season, but talking to Mac Johnny, like, yo, you want to help a recruit? Like, yeah, let's Hell build yeah. the You know what I'm saying? And that shows that was me, my, you taking. That was on. my favorite. That was the best thing. I like my the best part of my college experience for Creighton was my recruiting visits. You, Denzel, Antoine, Sharif, CB. I had a ton. Even, even I, I don't name the one. I usually don't name the ones who like didn't commit because I don't like some. But like so many dudes, that is like that was those relationships. Will that that type of thing like that is just it, it meant the world to me. So, and I know you like that too. Like we, there's yeah. certain dudes that appreciate that, and like I think that's what we have at Creighton, like that's what they have at Creighton now. It's like all due to appreciate those visits. So like, you can't tell me that's not going to be a successful recipe for a basketball team. No, well, I think it's, I think it's crazy. Cause like, if you, if, if people had been in the gym the summer after that 18, 19 season, so Connor's graduated, mm-hmm. Caleb's graduated. Um, like they're, they, they can, they can bounce, but they were still in the gym. That whole like mm-hmm. that whole before they went off to their their professional careers, they were still in Creighton's gym. And if you were to walk in there and try to figure out, like I said, walk in there with a clean slate and try to figure out who the leader of this squad is, dude. Caleb was the loudest voice in that gym. The dude he commanded everybody's respect. Like he was the dude, like in all those open gym runs where he's like setting the tone for how hard this thing's gonna be if you guys are just gonna you know, run up and down the court and get some easy shots, or if you actually can get some hard work in and play some legit five on five, like Caleb set the tone for all of that. And he was gone. He could have been gone. Like his career had his college career had been a wrap. Like he could have been all about him and gone to do individual workouts somewhere else and gone pro and, and just let it be the past. But that's what Connor was mentioning. Like you don't, it, it, it's, it's like part of it. Beca- it became part of you that season and then it stayed with you even to today where you watch the game with the same kind of emotional investment and you feel the same way you felt even when you were in uniform about wins losses everything and i think it's crazy how it becomes ingrained but then like we've you know this is like jordan and i have been talking about this for a few weeks now um how all those experiences shape you like they mold who you're going to be um because if you win you know, it's it's in, like if you win one way, you kind of know what success looks like. And if you lose a certain way, you kind of know when you're not going to have your day. And I think that can be a bad thing for a team because if like the first 10 minutes don't go according to what your wins look like and they go more towards what your losses look like, that can affect you mentally. And you're like, oh, man, this is going to be a bad day because we don't have it the way we normally have it. But the way the 18, nine, the games that the 18, 19 squad went through and – 1920 and then this year like you're seeing like a pattern of a team that just has seen everything and that's what we we our theory is like compiling data essentially that's like what we have 
come up with our theory, our working theory for the squad. Because everybody, you know, they lost to Marquette at home, Georgetown at home, Providence at home. And you're like, oh, man, this this team's not, you know, the perception is this team's not as good as, like, the Final Four caliber squad they thought they were going to be in the uh, preseason. But I'm like, hold up, though. Because look at the types of ways they've won and lost throughout their whole, like, career arc, you know. You mentioned Marcus, CB, Dame, Denz, Mitch. They've all been together through so much. Like, they've, they've seen everything at this point. So what's going to prepare you more for an NCAA tournament run? Um, beating, blowing everybody's doors off by 25, and that's how you win. But if you don't shoot well, you're probably going to lose by 10. Or is it knowing how to grind your way through games where the offense isn't clicking, where you're turning the ball over, making silly decisions, and – you know, everything isn't flowing exactly how it wants to flow offensively, and you know it doesn't feel that way, but you can still work your way back into a game. You can put yourself in position to win. Think about every game they've lost this year. They've been in position to win every single game they've they've lost. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kansas game, they got it. You know, Denzel went on that 7-0 run by himself, mm-hmm. right? Denzel hasn't even played the two-guard like that his whole career, not even at SEMO. And here you are, game four, right? Of the season. We're throwing you into Tyshawn's role. You're the man who's going to get us a bucket and guard the other team's best player. And he's playing Kansas after playing UNO, Kennesaw State, and North Dakota State. No offense, but that's not Kansas. So you're in Fog Allen. There's fans in the arena. You're down seven. um, And Denzel just goes, turn around Jay, wrong shoulder splash, uh, scoop steal, pick six, and one bucket. And then he bangs that three off the screen that Tyshawn used to run off of all the time, that Marcus just hits him quick, coming right off, pop, bang. All of a sudden, we're tied. Bill Self's on tilt, timeout, fucking what the hell's going on? You know, Denzel just put the Jays back in in basically 65 seconds is what it took, I think. Um, basketball Nirvana. Yeah, basketball Nirvana. And you're just like, okay, so Denzel, Denzel can level up. We've seen he's capable now. Uh, the Providence game, they're down 23 to six, and they come back and make it a one possession game at several different junctures. Marquette, they're down by 12 in the second half. Marquette has all the momentum. DJ Carton's a bucket. Jamal Kane's splashing threes. Like everything's going right for them. Uh, Creighton gets that thing down to a single possession. Um, yesterday, Xavier up double digits. Dens, Christian, uh, um, Dens, Christian, Mitch not hitting. They're not scoring. They're both in. They're all three in single digits. They're shooting twenty five percent collectively. Xavier's rolling. They're up twelve, up fourteen. Here, here, here comes Creighton. Like they, they buck up a little bit, level up. You know, they start hitting shots. Mitch comes right down and nails a dribble pull up three. How many times have you seen Mitch take a dribble pull up three? Like that might have been the first. I swear to God, go back his whole career. That might be the first time he's ever walked into a dribble pull up three and splashed it. He's usually, you know what I mean. Maybe. And then that, that cut the game to three. So it's like Creighton yep. knows how to fight. That's what they. Right. That's what the eighteen nineteen squad taught them how to fight. But I through think it's like everything. You bring you bring up a great point, but I, and I think it's like Connor said a quote earlier. It's like adversity introduces a man to himself, but it's like adversity introduces a team to themselves. And so like that year, mind you. So this is the NIT year, but that's still Christian, Marcus, Denzel, Dame. They're all there, so they're seeing like. They're watching Connor and KJ, like all that. Like they were, they, they're processing that and being like, okay, we're let's let's talk to these guys to be like, because they're like, 
we don't know how we got here, but like, this is what you need to do to make sure that this train keeps on going, even though this year like didn't work out the way we thought or like whatever, but they're like, no, the, like, like you kind of, you said about the meeting when you like came out and said that like in that meeting though, what that's saying to guys like Marcus and Christian who are still there is it's like, yo, nothing's actually wrong besides like us in this moment right now. Right. So it's like, that's, that gives them the confidence to be like that year. They could have been like, Oh, NIT. And then you could go on the spiral, but it's like, cause the guys like KJ and Connor, you're like, no, we're not an NIT team. It was like, this was just shit didn't fall in place yet. Like, and now it's yet. So it's like to like, for them to, I guess really have learned the lesson from that year is huge. So credit to them for learning that lesson from, what was our dream? What was my dream? True. Yeah. Did you, I guess, Connor, you mentioned like CB. I mean, Dame took off last year and the reason he's having the year he has is having this year where I honestly think he's one of the best players in the whole big East. Yeah. I mean, Creighton's not going to get that type of those type of accolades. Cause there's so many individuals who kind of take from each other. Um, it's like more of a collective than it is um, propping up one player or another, but like Dame's one of the best players in the big East Christian I don't think country, country, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a whole country. Uh, Christian, I don't think there's a five who's a, who's better than him. I thought Jeremiah Robinson Earl um, deserved it at first, but you watch that first showdown in Omaha, and you know I know JRE is going to have a chance to make that right on Wednesday. But that first matchup in Omaha was a weight was a big mismatch. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't guard Christian off the dribble, and he couldn't score over Christian in the post. Like that was eye-opening because you're like oh man christian's legitimately the best five in this league because he can't be he those fives can't defend him off the bounce everybody like when he catches out there at 18 feet and he's trying to get those dho's off but they're they're front they're you know they're 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 face guarding marcus or mish or um denzel off those off those dho's like christian's like fine i'll just take your five all the way to the rim then like okay if that's what you're taking away from us it's like christian that so that's what i mean like all that stuff that probably started with that NIT run because Christian went off. Remember how good and he think was about, against Memphis? Like, Connor, think about the amount of times that year Connor and Teeny were going at it in practice. Like, that's what made CB into, like, a lot of what he – all right, I'm not saying it made. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it. that was when I saw, like, the dog come out of CB that I see now. Because I was like – the first time I ever saw CB, like, get aggressive was when he was like, man, I want to play. Like I have to, if I, and if I want to play, I got to go at Martin. Martin, one of the best big men at the time in the Big East. So right. he was like, I got it. And so now it's playing against Martin every night. Like that's, that's what I see out of him. And it's like, it was literally just accumulation. Like it was a buildup. He just had to go against Martin for this long and then it became other people. And now it's his thing. Like it's all collecting data, man. It's always been. Crazy. And speak kind of going off what you said, Matt, uh, a lot of the players like feed off each like it's perfect. Like since their face guard and Mitch and, and Marcus, now CB can go like it's perfect for each each player. And a lot of guys, D1 professionally, promise you that they they will be selfish and say, CB, nah, CB, give me that. I don't care on face guard or not. You know what I'm saying? But having leaders like Marcus Mitch who are like, okay, they're taking away me. I trust CB. Go ahead and do your thing. Like CB's making Marcus better now. Marcus makes CB better now and things like that. And it's, it is, you know, it's crazy to see like teams like who are selfless 
and just care about winning because they're like I mean Mac talks about it. You talked about it a lot, scary like winning. If we win, everybody wins. If we win now, like and as crazy as it sounds, this team winning now helps every Creighton alum. Every Creighton grad ever. Yes. Exactly. You know like it's it's, it's it's crazy. And people and, and, and the team has has just bought in. I remember riding around with C B, you know, uh uh in his car after a team meal or something, we were just talking. He he was a freshman at the time. Obviously, I'm a senior. And he just asked me questions, asked me questions. I, I, he's like, I want to play. Like, because I, I think his freshman year, it was like, should I register? Should I not? He's like, no, nah, I want to play. I believe in myself. And as you said, him battling Martin every single practice, you saw it. So, so you put together guys who have each other's back. They hold each other accountable. They're selfless. They have the mentality. Like, Marcus Zikorowski's mentality – Day one, I told I told you he was the truth day one. Day one. I saw him day one. I'm like, this kid has that mentality. So you, and that takes the mentality, goes a long way. So you combine all those things and you get I was a, I was a recruit for both of you, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> what was what was it about Marcus mentality? Didn't, I didn't what'd you, you what you what'd you see in Marcus that from day one that let you know that he was gonna be able to lead a group to bigger and better things, I guess? Literally just the way he responded when things went wrong and how confident he was when things went wrong. Like some people, you could see it on their face when someone goes like, oh. like you could see, like, it's hard to explain, but kind of like I, I was watching the podcast. You said, if I, Tom Brady, I'm not going to compare Marcus to Tom Brady, but you're like, if I had to bet I against okay. Tom Brady, I wouldn't do it. do it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. It's like goat mentality. Uh, there you go. It is like, if I had to bet against Marcus, like, I wouldn't just wouldn't do it because his mentality, he would never fold. He won't break. And it's it's contagious. Both negative and positive emotions and energy is contagious. And that type of mentality he had was contagious. And seeing how he operated off the court, too. Like, this this guy, he's a freshman, man. Like, I remember when I was a Rice freshman, we're not like that. And obviously, I have a lot of friends who played D1. Freshmen wanted to go out. They wanted to have the college life. He was getting his work in first. So say some 1 a.m., 12 p.m., like this guy's in the gym shooting. Like I'm not coming out. I'm I'm working. I missed the free throw. I'm in the gym. That's why I like the Kansas thing. I bet you he comes up clutch in, in an even bigger moment now because he puts in the work. He has mentality. He believes in himself. He believes in his team. So uh, freshman year, I saw it in him. Yeah, no, I told Gurr, you probably saw it last year. Like remember that? Remember that loss to Providence last year and how bad he played? Remember how mad mm-hmm. he was? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to talk to. His, he told me he didn't want to talk to his own parents after that game. Like he, they were at the game. He was like, I don't even want to talk to him right now. He was mm-hmm. so mad because I think he went one for ten or something like that. And it was, mm-hmm. and Providence is one of those schools that was like in his, in his area that didn't really think he was like all that in terms of like the next level. So he like always has a chip on his shoulder when he plays them. Mm-hmm. Like when he hit that game winner last year at Omaha, like McGregor walk. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, even yeah. Freshman freshman year, he like like went off like, and yeah. that's why I was like, he, yeah, like at over. Remember MK? Yeah. What's a Makai Ashton Langford and like yeah. David Duke? All those dudes who were like, big, and yeah. and like being from the area, it was like a big deal because no one thought he was gonna come back and kill. They all were like, oh, like Marcus Creighton, that's cool. Like they'll come and play a good game. He was like, no, I'm coming to kill. Like mm-hmm. I'm coming to I mean. kill. And like yeah. I, after that Providence loss last year, he was in the gym at like three a.m. He said. You guys yeah. got back from Rhode Island, and he went mm-hmm. straight to the championship center 
like until like sunrise basically. And then look at the way he ended his season. Like go back and look at his, like his averages after that Providence game, like that work leads to stuff. And that's like if failure fires him up, it doesn't, it doesn't break him. No, and it's this the mentality Connor was talking about too. And I, what I was gonna say, I was like, Connor, yo, I we had him on a couple weeks ago, and I told the story about his visit, like when I had him on his visit, like you know, how, like like you're saying, right? Like so, you're freshman, like you want, I mean, when you're getting all the, like when you're on the visit, you want to see what it's all about, like Omaha. And I'm like, obviously, Marcus and I played AAU together before, but I'm like, oh, I got some years in Omaha now. I'm like, Omaha is my like, I'm familiar with it here. I'm like, let me show him around, like all these places. So I'm like happy to show him all these places, blah blah blah. I'm like, bro, you want to hang out with like, do you want to go hang out with like a group of people tonight, like anything? He's like, bro, no. Like, I just want to go to the gym. Like, I like, can we just go shoot? I'm like, yes. Like, absolutely. Like, cool. I'm like, but you sure you don't want to like? I was like, meet some students, like, just so you know what they're like. And it's like, why? Like, he's like, let's just go to the gym. That's where I'm gonna. And I was like, oh yeah, that's where you're gonna spend 24 hours of your day anyway. So. Makes sense. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> no, exactly. But that's 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 how he is, man. And that's why it's like it's awesome that that's the guy like at the helm right now. That's like he was the sponge that kind of like took in all whether it was you, KJ, me, Teeny. Like he was able to like really sponge that in and understand all of our opportunities to make his what it is now. So it's awesome. Yeah. And as you said, man, having him as one of your leaders, he he cares just as much as his, for his brother as himself. Like he texts me, I mean, once a month, probably ever after big games, everything. Like yo, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, that's 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 love. Like, yeah. you know, he's for the team and he's trying to win, even though he's putting in all his work. A lot of guys, their mentality, oh, I put in his work. I should get every shot. Like I don't see anyone else in the gym. Mm-hmm. This guy is doing it not just for himself, but it's for his team. So I mean. Come on now. Prostate. Respect. That's what I mean. That's why we did compare him to Brady, because all he wants to do is get a dub. That's yeah. it. Like he's he's good if like if they win, he won. That's it. That's like the work was the work paid off essentially. That was the work. Like he'll be, you know, like he'll 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 assess his own performances and stuff. Like I'm not gonna say he's not like that. Like he'll get in the gym and work on stuff that he's struggling with. But you know, if it's if it if they go out and um like he wouldn't have been pissed off that pissed off about that Providence game if they didn't lose and he went one for ten. You know what I'm saying? Like he was mad about the loss and the and he blamed the one for ten. That's what I mean. Like he was accountable exactly. in the loss. It wasn't like because if he had gone one for ten, because there have been games against DePaul. What was it? DePaul game, he went like two for nine and had ten dimes, and you guys won like a blowout. Remember that one? Don't say that. Yeah, like he was cool. He was fine. He, it's he not dropped ten dimes and you guys won. Like going away, he, he doesn't care he how he back. shot. He like yeah, that's the point. Like he he wouldn't go back to the championship center and feel the need to shoot if he went one for ten and we won. But if it's 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 when he's like yo, one for ten, I did that. Like he was like I. But it's not that I did the bad performance. It's I did the loss. Right. He you know? yeah. He like puts that on his shoulders. And he's like I can't let that. I can't let the team down like that again. That's how he. That's his mindset. That's goat shit. Man. That's goat. That's the goat stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, but it's like Connor said, you don't bet against that mentality. It might not always come through for you. It might not have yeah, like a hundred percent success yeah. rate. So you might take some L's with it, but that mentality is going to carry you th- through the day more times than not. 
So you never bet against people who think like that and operate like that and prepare like that. Cause you, that's probably how Creighton feels right now. I guarantee you that watching like Mitch and Marcus and like, and then Ty last year, the way they went through the way they went about their work and the tone they set for uh, just how preparation is going to be same thing with Connor and Caleb before that. Like if Connor and Caleb are going to be the hardest working dudes, but their minutes might fluctuate. Like what the hell are they putting in work for? And it tells you like, hold up. Yeah. I'm on the floor. Why am I working? Why am I not going to work as hard as these dudes? If I'm going to play more than them, like what the hell is that doesn't make any sense. I got to work as hard as them because if they're going to put in the blood, sweat and tears and not get the spotlight for it, what I can't, I can't fall off. That's the message it sends. So that's how it resonates. And that's why I think Connor, Caleb, everybody that's part of that 1819 squad, they all deserve when that banner dropped last year. I like that's like the first thought was like those dudes set the tone for that. Cause they don't win that game at Seton Hall. You know, they don't win those grinders. Like they they don't they they lose when David Duke goes off for 36 and ties hurt running around hobbled and Marcus has the head deal and he's got six turnovers and like he's not shooting well. Creighton doesn't win that game. What what Creighton team in the history of Creighton teams, if fans are listening right now, tell me when Creighton wins that game. There is no iteration of this basketball team I've ever seen other than this one, and it all started with that 18-19 squad because you went through everything, everything. You had the huge win, like I said, Clemson, played well against Gonzaga, got your doors blown off at Nebraska, lost to Villanova, took Villanova to overtime when you didn't have all your pieces and you had to play different. Went to top ten Marquette and beat them after they took your soul in Omaha. Mm-hmm. That that takes like a different type of individual to overcome all of that because you could have quit. There were so many ways, so many times where you could have quit and you never did. And then by the end of the year, you were playing your best basketball, and you wonder why the eighteen nineteen or the nineteen twenty squad was twenty four and seven and ranked in the top ten in the Final Four dark horse. Look at the way the end of the year ended. Pushing Nova to OT, going on that win streak. What'd you guys win? Like six out of seven to end the year. Yeah, like you guys put yourself on the bubble somehow that year. Remember there was bubble talk going on. Like you had twelve. You had twelve L's, and you're like, their team was on the bubble. They're getting right. That was, there was all a, a springboard. Weeks, there was a few weeks at the end of it that was like, yo, all we have to do is win, blah blah blah, and we're in. But it was like, I mean, it didn't all end up being that way. But it was like, yeah, even after all that, like, but. And then, you didn't, and then you didn't quit in the NIT either. Remember, the NIT is like a situation like, where it's like, all right, we got a lot of ex, we got a lot of experienced guys. They can probably games. fold up and we won two games. Yeah, you guys beat Loyola, who was really good. And then the year after the, it was the year after they made the Final Four, and that's the look at Loyola right now. Yeah, like that's the same. The same dudes are playing on that team. That team's really mm-hmm. good. So that was They're a good ass team. Good. You guys beat Loyola, um, and then Penny Hardaway's Memphis squad came in there like just freaking the game was like utter havoc the whole time 40 minutes of just players just like losing their minds Antoine's on that squad he's seeing what Creighton's all about he comes and joins you guys like a month later because he saw that he's like oh another, give me one of my, another one of my guys yeah he's like give me all whatever they're going through right there like uh and then you guys go to TCU and like you just sit on um, Martin sprained his ankle and Marcus like was like literally on zero percent physical health so like it, you know, it ended at TCU, but that team never quit fighting. And you wonder why they won tough ass games in the last two years when when things aren't always going smoothly and they're not just hitting 12, 15 threes. Cause that 18, 19 squad like broke them down and built them into just tough ass hard nosed basketball players. 
Right. All right, but now you're bringing up a lot of good moments. So it's leading me to ask the question though, like kind of what moment I guess, I mean, there's a lot of moments, we've gone over a ton of them, but like, what do you take the most, I think, from that year? Like, what do you carry the most with you now? Like, I know you talk about like just being selfless and all that, but like, what did you learn about yourself? You can go specific as just even playing wise, right? Like, what did you take from that year to be like, all right, this is how, this is what really shaped me in this year into this player that I am now. Like, what was it from that year? Because that was obviously we're saying it was an impactful year. Yeah. So what was it for you? I mean, so I'll so I'll start with the whole year itself. From for and I'll tell you this: like that year was the best for me, like on and off the court, because it impacted me just as much. You know, mm-hmm. like um, it was like like being it's it's tough. Like I I wanted obviously like coming in to to a new situation to a new team, you still want to play 30 you know what i'm saying like you still want all these things and um so um um so how can i grow as a person and player too from 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 not just myself but the whole team and things like that so it's a difficult situation for me to um sacrifice you know i don't know if i'm being like clear like what but honestly it's a tough situation for me and that's why it was the best situation for me because i grew so much mentally just from the year sitting and talking with you guys, like literally to 2 a.m., like talk, like Dane was my roommate. We would talk, like it wasn't the night we didn't talk and, and just grow and just learn. Like, and it, like there wasn't a specific moment that, you know, impacted my um, career and, and as a person. It was just like the whole process and the process itself, like literally enjoying the process. I mean, I come, I, obviously, I love rice, but it wasn't there wasn't sixteen thousand fans um, there at the game, and you know the Marquette play or the whatever. Like I, it was like, dang, like dang, like I'm, I'm, like what, what now? Like I had this internal adversity too, and how can I overcome that to not just to show these young guys that look like it's it's this is not where it is it's not where it stops like we're going places still like regardless like individually as a group like we're still gonna go places and nothing's gonna break it so I had to battle that demon right there as myself mentally and physically like all right here's where I'm at how do I get to the next step and how can I have some small slight impact and help other people along the way and that's kind of the first time I was ever thrown in that type of position and it mentally I'm telling you right now like now I play and feel like free. I feel my peace of mind. I have like the Marcus Zagorowski mentality talk about like, why not? Like life's short. Like we're, I'm in my twenties. I'm, I'm risk doing risks. Like we're going to live every day. Like it's the last, you know what I'm saying? So. No, that's awesome. Because that's just like, I feel like it's for a lot of what you're saying, I really relate to in terms of just the whole creating experience. Cause for right. me, it's really like, like the whole creating experience is like what you're like, the, the process, I guess, is what you're like grateful for. And that's why like after it now, like with anything I'm doing, I'm just like happy for that. Like the process was, it, it's just like, people don't understand how that adversity, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you're saying like you learned how to deal with adversity in that situation. You learned how to make 
like the best like and now now you just go about your life knowing like if you can deal with that adversity and you can do those things like imagine what more you can do and so I really get you in that like I really thought that's what every year really like as different as every year was with Creighton and like I really thought that was definitely it like being able to just know how to deal with adversity and now that's why I don't even worry about this team now because I'm like this is such a team that knows how to deal with like adversity that I'm like okay losing to Xavier yesterday in the way that they did like even whatever I'm like they know how to like this team collecting data this team has enough from what they learned from me what they learned from you dealing with adversity like now they're like okay this is now this is probably gonna be their last loss of the season like now they're gonna re- they they might really put something together here like I think they are so no yeah, I, haven't, I haven't quite gone that far but I think it's just a thing where when they get to the NCAA tournament, they've not- seen everything. They've seen everything. That's what I mean. Like, I don't, I'm not saying natty yet, <laughs> but I'm just saying they've, they've, they've seen every type of way a game can be played. Let me dream. This is why. Okay, hey, go ahead. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, this is like a build up, build ourselves up podcast. It's right? My first year just being a Creighton fan. Stop. Don't take this from me. I'm not, right? well, there's my things first year is, as a Creighton fan, I'm telling you to brace yourself for certain realities that have creeped up before. So, like, you haven't, why you always got to make, bring me back down? Because, yeah. Jordan, I've grown like 20. I went, my dad started taking me to these basketball games for Creighton when I was uh, in second grade. So I'm 35 now. Okay. Well, and I wasn't a late starter. So I, I've been like, going to them faithfully for four years. I understand. But I'm just saying there's a lot. There's a lot I've just like there's a lot I've experienced as a Creighton right, follower. This is when he ruined me for me. He has to be wow. real. He knows I'm a dreamer, and he doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't like to let me dream. Just saying. But uh, Connor, like we're talking about, not like moments that can break you, and instead they and you can either let it. Uh, consume you or you can build yourself up from it that Marquette game like take me through how you responded to that because like that play was like if I'm wrong was that the only play you got that was the only time you got in right was to throw that inbounds pass yeah yeah that day? okay so like tell me tell me what's going through your mind that night in your back in your dorm um, and as you're trying to move forward from that because you guys you know I think you lost to Nova after that I think you guys started like one and four in league play. Like, so that started, like you went from possibly beating Marquette with Howard going off and building off of that to kind of having to dig yourselves out of a hole in the standings. But what was going through you personally, you know, you went through that game and that, that literally couldn't have ended in a bigger nightmare, right. In terms of like how a basketball game can go wrong. Uh, Cause you had that kind of wrapped up. Um, how did you recover from that? How did you take that moment where it broke you? And how did you build yourself back up from that and not let it consume you and, and filter into the rest of the team? Man, so, yeah, it was crazy. At first, you're like, hey, I just want to be alone. I just want to be alone and be alone. You see all the people on Twitter, all this stuff, and that's when you get the knock on the door. And I, I kid you not, we get the knock on the door. Dame, Denzel. Uh, I think it was – I don't know who else it was, but I know it was Dame. Obviously, my roommate, Dame, Denzel. We're all sitting in the living room. And we're just there. He's just there. Just there. The game, the literally the highlights come on. Everything. He's like, bro, don't it even was like the like, talk of the whole. Yeah, yeah. Hour drop fifty. Was, plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't it, escape it. It was. It was by. It was my brother. It was my teammates. And as cheesy as it sounds, like something. 
when when something tries to break you, sometimes like you may not be enough. And although I still feel like personally, like nothing can break me, da 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 da. But in those moments, like you don't like like dang, like I let the team down. This that this that this sports center top ten flip. You know what I'm saying, Marcus Howard. Having Dame, Denzel, Scurry there, right there, whole night, bro. You good? Like I know you're going through it, but you good? Like that meant a lot. That and it, it was obviously slow grind, getting back, slow process. But having other people there who actually cared and actually like, you know, made effort to to show like, don't worry about it. You good? Like we got your back. And that's all that matters. Like when you're when you're on a team, when you're an organization everyone's gonna have haters everyone's gonna say things like you can't control twitter you can't control instagram all you control is that the voices in that locker room like your brothers your your, your coaches and, and people like that who are supporting you i mean and, and that's all that really mattered at that point i didn't really care about anything like, even like say professionally now say missed a game winning shot or something crazy happens like all that matters is in the locker room or the people that care. Like, there's nothing like someone can say to me or my teammates that would bring me down. Cause, like, you know, so all in all, Creighton Blue Jays, men's basketball, that's what helped me through the, the through those type of situations. Is that like Jordan, like, Connor, like, help me out here? Cause, um, you hear the word culture a lot right now, right? And it's kind of, I don't know. It's tough to define because it means different things to different programs, I think. And I don't know what the national perception of Creighton's culture is, but when I think of it, I think of what Connor just said right there. Like there's, there's just a, you just got, it's like a band of brothers type of situation where you don't, you don't break each other down. You build each other up. Like you, you know, you go through all these experiences together you, you, for them, I mean, I'm not going to say there's not agendas because that would be naive. Like people have their own individual goals, but when it comes down to like seeing their, their, their teammate in a low point, there are guys who understand that it takes a collective to build that person back up. And when that person is built back up, that kind of like filters back around because while Dame Denzel and Jordan can build Connor back up after the Marquette loss, there might be a different point in the season where Connor has to build up Dame Denzel or Jordan. Like all that stuff is contagious, right? So how much of that do you see now permeating throughout the team and their successes and their failures where you're like, all right, Marcus went one for 10 against Providence. They lost, but I know Scurry is going to be in his ear telling him he's still the man and he's, he's still going to be all right. And this isn't going to be, it was just one bad night. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to define you and all that kind of thing. Like how much of what you see now on the court um, is like symbiote symbolizes that type of, that type of dynamic where guys build each other up. And that's what, that's what that culture is really kind of about. Uh, I think a lot of it. And I think it's just because even of what like we were about and like how, and I, I got this about, I felt this just my freshman year coming into it. It's just an appreciation for your brothers an appreciation for your teammates. Right. And it's like, again, for me who played the least for the majority of the years that I was there. Right. Like it's, it's actually the reason like, I'm like, and I was so willing to even sacrifice just in my particular situation was that I was like, 
you know what? Like, I appreciate it because it's not even like the basketball. I mean, it was the basketball stuff where it was like I was having small successes where guys like I remember vivid conversations I had with guys like Martin or TC where it was like I had a practice man where I was busting my ass and I was killing and none of the coaches were like, oh, like we should put you like you should play more or whatever. But I remember the vivid conversations that after where I was either talking to Martine or talking to TC, like those are the two I remember vividly, like because that was freshman year, like all that. And Martine was like, bro, like you work so hard. Like you, you like, you inspire me, dog. Like he's like, you like, he's like, when whenever you see my success, like equate it with your success, because like I go hard because the dudes like you, like I see how, how, how much you got. I'm like, damn, like, for real like I'm like you you think that because of the way I'm going in practice for real and then where TC is like man you're going to be so successful at whatever you do in life like I see the work you put in on this he's like whatever you do in life you're going to be and it's like that like I care more about I don't give a shit about playing time to get somebody who knows me personally and like sees me every day in day out to say that kind of thing about me I'm like man like I'm gonna support them no matter what like Cause that's what they're doing for me. So that was always what, if you want to talk about culture, that's the culture to me. That's really what that culture is. It's like, I don't care about the recognition from whoever else, as long as those dudes, I'm good. Yeah. I got to build off that. I got two things. Like, so when I was going through it, obviously Dame was my roommate. So he's there at a time. He was going through it too. So he put his stuff aside. Yep. Okay, this is my boy. I need to focus on him. Like he just got hurt that game too. That was he got hurt that game. He started off like Cayman Islands. I thought he was man. He was killing, killing, fucking everything. So I'm like, and then so he gets hurt. Um, We're kind of like moved to the same position, and he's supporting me more than he's happier for my success than than he was at that point. I remember it was the the Marquette game at Mar at Marquette. So fast forward and I probably had two points, three rebounds and one big steal and whole plane ride cash, big cash. I'm telling you, big. I'm, me, we was all on that. We was all on that though. That was a steal of the game. Don't tell yourself short. Talking about, bro, I didn't do any, I didn't do anything. He's like, nah, bro, you're like, so you saying that and like hearing that, like, okay, that pushes you even harder. Like, Man, not, for the, not just for the team, but for yourself. Like, okay, these guys are – it's contagious. Like, everything's contagious. Like, yo, even though – like, because obviously as college basketball players, right, like, well, like you think you like, oh, I want this. I want to be scoring this many points. I want my coach to be like you that. And I want to be on box. I want to – but then when you get down to it and what really – matter, like, personally, I'm like, what really mattered to me, it wasn't none of that other recognition. It wasn't the minutes a game. It was – I just wanted the people who like who I was really around to like respect what I was doing and why I was doing it. And everybody did, whether it was from coaches to play, everybody did. And that's why I'm like, man, I really appreciated all of it. Like, that's why that, that culture was just the culture for me. Like yeah. it really was. I mean, I was, I was grateful because, because, you know, Rice had their culture too, family, but Creighton itself, I didn't know like the the culture culture until like a guy like if you kind of like realistically look, I play like ten minutes and average this 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 and Max still texting me, Lust still texting me. Yeah, same. 
All right, so text sending me like creating care packages, like for one, like a guy who was there one year, that's like, realistically, I talked to dudes who went to big time schools for four years and they're like, bro, what? You still get stuff? Mm-hmm. You still in contact? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not, like, no, that's not normal. Like, yeah. But people outside of it, people who outside of like Creighton, they don't understand that. Cause like, and especially, and not trying to knock Creighton fans or whatever, but like, no, I feel like the average college basketball fan just even like doesn't understand that like Creighton's just different. Like the way that those like the people are and the it's just set up and like the way we even I think I'm all the like people I really communicate with now for like just moral support or like real stuff. It's like all comes back to like a Creighton network that like was built over a lot of time and it's just nice when it's especially the people who like saw you put in so much right. time and effort into something that you mutually care about. So, yeah, it's a it's it, it's a great thing to like kind of see go as you are not in it, I guess. Right. Well, it's crazy probably to experience it. Like, I can't imagine how powerful it is when you're going through it because it's like, you know, like with Connor in the Marquette game, that's his like only moment right there. And it literally turns into a nightmare. And he probably wasn't going to sleep that night at all if it wasn't for his boys knocking on the door and, like, you know, propping him back up. Jordan, you know, without TC and Martin telling, like, showing you how you inspire them in that moment where you were feeling like your work was going unnoticed. Like, that stuff, the ripple effect from that is probably so, like, it reaches so far, you probably can't even quantify it. Like, you don't even know what it leads to. But then you watch this team operate, go through all the adversity, win in so many different ways, lose in so many different ways, and still thrive off of it and still become successful. I you can't I just I can't help but take my mind back to those moments where it's like those were it I, you know, like what is what is uh the phrase? Like you either win or you learn, right? Like there is no losing. Like I just can't help but think that this group together, because of how much they've gone through. They've learned so much. And that's where the compiling data thing comes from. They like they just are just it's all all that whole process throughout their whole like because college is your formative years, right? You learn so much about who you are as a person. Like who they are as a team and as a group that's trying to reach a you know a common goal. Like all those moments are are building toward it. Like so I know everybody wants you know, there's there's knee-jerk reaction style. Um element to sports right now right so you you uh you lose in your react and then the react the reactions come in and they usually go over the top in most regard because like that's just the passion burning through like right so from the fan base perspective they're like why the hell is creighton losing to marquette providence georgetown at home they're better than those teams they shouldn't lose to them but like that's just basketball like it doesn't always go your way but you gotta be like mature enough to build off of that. And I think that's what you see out of this group. They've played their whole Big East slate. They haven't had a single game paused yet, right? So I know that the virus is unpredictable and um, it can affect teams. And I don't want to like jinx them right now in saying that, but there's a certain maturity and that comes with doing the things you need to do to stay away from situations that would get you infected and cause the team to go on a pause. Is it, is it not like that's I'm not trying to criticize teams that have had to go on pauses, but you tell me 
when you describe Marcus Zagorowski and what he's like, what's he want to do? He wants to live in the gym and then go back to his room, right? He told, us, he told us that straight up. He ain't getting COVID. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's who's he going to be around to expose himself to? So that's like that stuff permeates. Like, you, you have a bunch of guys who are mature enough to know, all right, here's what we have to do to get through a season because we want to hoop. Well, that I feel like there's like Creighton's culture that we've talked about here is the reason they haven't had a pause yet. Yeah, there's some luck involved. I'm not going to say there hasn't been, I'm not going to say they haven't gotten lucky because this thing has been unpredictable as hell. But there is some of that that's on them too. They've, no. they've, they've managed to stay away from it. And that's on, that's on their behavior pattern. Like, because they know what happens if one of them gets it that they don't get to hoop. And they, but you know wanna... what's actually crazy about you saying that too? Isn't it? And I feel like, especially because like just the way last season ended, I think that's even more so. Oh, driving them? It's like, they're like, yo, what could have been last year? Because me, I'm sitting at home and I'm like, what could have been? In the same way, like I say, like last year, we thought like about Connor and like his senior and we're like, what we should have done a year before, let's make sure we do it like this year. And it's like, they're now thinking they're like, what we should have done last year is probably gone and won a couple of NCAA tournament games and like really done. And they're like, let's make sure we do everything in our power to make sure we get back to that point. That's why they have been they have been so good about it. I think in what you're saying with the virus, definitely. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into yesterday's loss a little bit, and then we'll. We'll uh, hop on to uh, a little. Uh, guess what? We get to preview another Big East title game. Creighton's yeah, back actually, in the Creighton's back in the chip. So uh, two years let's go. Yeah, two years in a row. Creighton's going to play for the title. Um, so yesterday's game was interesting from the perspective of we knew going in that Xavier was going to be extremely motivated because you know kind of the talk around them was they needed a signature win to boost them up coming out because they haven't looked great out of the pause. They lost to. Uh, UConn at home, um, St. John's on the road, and then they got they got beat pretty bad at Providence. So, and then they didn't have Nate Johnson anymore, who's their best three point shooter. So I thought back to honestly, I felt like Creighton was in trouble because uh, Xavier was kind of like that that they had that like junkyard dog mindset where you backed them into a corner and they had no they had no choice but to fight their way out of it. And I thought back to the the game you guys beat Villanova when they were number three, I think in uh, 17, 18 or whatever, um, you know, Ronnie was a late scratch because of that foot deal. Um, you guys were kind of on the bubble. You need, honestly, if you hadn't beat Villanova, I don't know if that team makes the NCAA tournament. So that's kind of what hinged on that. Um, and you come in, you beat one of the best teams, in my opinion, one of the best teams of all time. Like that team had four leaguers. I watched that. Game. Yeah. That team was crazy. Good. Jalen Brunson, uh, freaking DiVincenzo, Mari Spellman, Mikel Bridges, like all those dudes, man. Like crazy good. Um, so, you know, you guys go to overtime with them. You're down eight with four minutes to go. And Marcus Foster goes ham. Mitch ba- finds Mitch Balak in the corner, three ball bang, like the beginning of Mitch's big shot career, essentially. Jacob Everson comes in off the bench, like hits two couple big free throws, gets a couple slam dunks against their zone. Um, like that to that that was a game where backs against the wall, what 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 does Creighton look like? And you saw that. So like that's what I thought about yesterday for Xavier. 
I was like, they're going to come out and they're going to, they're, they're, they're putting their best on the floor. Like, so Creighton's going to need their A game to win. And they, I just didn't think they had their A game. Like, I thought they let Xavier get to their spots a little bit too much. I thought Xavier had a good game plan from the perspective of trying to, uh, you know, bleed the, bleed the clock down and, and find a good shot. And they also, I don't know, I haven't gone back and rewatched it yet. I, I was thinking about going back and counting this, but Creighton's ball screen defense is so good. Hmm. And I don't think Xavier let them – I think that's how Xavier kind of took Christian out of the game because that's where he makes a huge impact defensively is his ability to blow those things up and then get back to the post. Um, like Xavier did a lot of like DHO interchanges on the perimeter where they were just like kind of like creating mm-hmm. those those switches, right, and then looking for a matchup to attack downhill. And I think that's what Xavier did really well yesterday was they didn't they didn't do a lot of traditional ball screens where Christian had an opportunity to come out and blow it up and throw the set out of sync. You know what I mean? Throw the possession off, off timing. Um, instead, they just went a lot of like perimeter oriented DHO style stuff. And, you know, they would isolate a matchup and then try to attack that either, you know, get to the right hand and get to the rim um, or get in that pain area and be able to make a play for a teammate. And I thought that's why, I thought that's why Creighton had a lot of trouble stopping Xavier, even though Xavier's not, you know, one of the most elite offenses in the, in the league that, they were still effective because of the style that they were able to execute. I actually thought not, and it was it wasn't just the Butler game today. Also, that made me think of this. It was. Do you remember Keelan Martin senior year? Yeah, senior night, Keelan they, Martin. Yeah, they beat you. They beat you guys pretty bad, right? Real good. Yeah, yeah. real good. It reminded me a lot of that. Where my big takeaway from the game, I think, after calming down emotionally for an hour because of the refs, I was like, uh, I think it was just that, I mean, in rewatching it this morning, I thought it was, Xavier was just able to get to their spots more so than Creighton was. Like the plays, like Creighton, what's Creighton's like number one play? You want a ball screen with Christian and uh, uh, Marcus, right? Like, and you want to get to that as many times as possible because that then opens up the kickbacks. It opens up the pitch aheads. It opens up all of it. And they weren't able to get into it. I think a little because of the refs, but that's just my own opinion. And I think just because, I mean, home game, Xavier was able to get to what they wanted to do. I mean, you see Paul Scruggs with his 20, what, he had 23, like 23 I mean, and five. Yeah. That, that's their, that's their recipe for success. He has for 20. They're, they're doing pretty well on the season. Like, so I was like, okay, they just, it was just that, yeah, it was that weird setup gamey feel and, that Xavier capitalized and they were like, this is our season. Let's go get it. Like, and I don't know. I was, I, I was like frustrated during because I just know what this team's capable of, but Hey, circumstances, man, it's, it's a long season. So I don't know. There's a, the, I, I don't make as much as some people are about this loss. I think it was just a great opportunity that Xavier took advantage of and I'll leave it at that. I mean, I got a chance to see this. Um, I mean, you know how hard it is, number one, to go into Xavier and play. It's hard. Yeah. To one of my favorite arenas. Probably my favorite arena. Yeah, it's it definitely. Awesome it's uh, hard. And they're coached well. I mean, as you said, Matt, they uh, – Scruggs has got to his spots. Even with, like – and I think it started with him. I think he kind of had the mentality, like, is it do or die for us? Yeah. Online. So, that, the number, so you go into a tough place and you have that. Um, they kind of got the backs against the wall. CB picks up two early ones kind of in the first 10 minutes. 
Um, but, but, but as Matt talked about this whole time, we still had a chance to win, and that's what good teams do. Right? Teams do. Like, playing – I'm not saying they played terrible, but playing as they played, still had a chance to win the game. That's good yeah. teams. I mean, I think it was like 67-53 at one point, and the next thing – they Creighton went on like a 16-2 to two run. Yeah. Because yeah. they got it to three. When, when Mitch hit that dribble pull-up three, it was like 69-66 with like two, three minutes left. So one possession and game, essentially. I mean, and that's the theme, too, because like what do we talk about? Like the Providence game when they played awful at the beginning, but then they still had a chance at the end. It's like yeah, this team is legit, man. Like to dig – like to be in holes like they dig themselves into and even be in a game yesterday like they were in when Xavier was hooked up, like mm-hmm. all the way. This is – you know, they're – Come on now. Think, well, think about the think about the tie they had to stem against Seton Hall. Remember we did that post game, Jordan? Yeah. They were down 16. Seton Hall was shooting out of its freaking mind. Like Bryce out Aiken. Bryce, Bryce Aiken's going between the legs, like ISOing dudes yeah. and like popping threes in their eye. Like that's he hasn't done since like team scan on the AAU circuit. Like, come on now. <laughs> right. Like, right. Think about the hole they had to dig out of that one. Like Marcus and yeah. Mitch had to go absolute yeah. ham just to give yeah. them a chance. And then they like kept going ham and they won. Like but yeah. I mean, that's the you get like they they're able they're capable of like leveling up, and I know that's the frustrating part, right? Fans are like, well, why don't you just level up from the jump? It's like it's just not like that. That's not the way human beings respond to stuff. Yeah. Like you show up and you're like, all right, we're, we're we're prepared, we're gonna play hard. But sometimes like the game just like dictates something different, and then that's when it brings it out of you. So like Xavier mm-hmm. came in that game much hungrier than Creighton, but you expected that. Like you had to think Xavier was playing for their season. Creighton was playing for, you know, they're just like, okay, let's just get, let's just hoop and like not get injured and get to the NCAA tournament. Right. That's just different goals in mind. Right. Xavier had no tomorrow. Creighton has like a month left in their opinion. So it's just a different mindset that it creates. You can't simulate that. You can't prepare yourself for that. You can just deal with it on the fly. I thought Creighton dealt with it on the fly pretty good. Cause again, they've lost six games this year. They've yet to get their teeth kicked in. That is mm. so rare. It's true. Like, so, so Creighton's had six losses this year, and you probably could pinpoint what's well, you can find what the worst of it is, right? Like just pick one, and that's their clunker essentially. They they're all single digit games, one possession games on the stretch. Ne- I've never been I've never been a part of a season with no twenty point loss. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Last year's last year's team won the Big East title. Everybody remember what happened at Thanksgiving? San Diego State like nearly lapped them. I like, do. Yeah, I do. I was you there. remember that? Yeah. I played in that game at the end. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I got some run. I yeah. no, yeah, I like bricked the three from the corner because I was so damn cold and I was like, hey, it's wow. Nice. Yeah, shooters gotta shoot, man. Yeah. But yeah, but that's what I mean. But that's 30, uh, they got 30 pieced. 30 but balls. even a yeah, even a normal up and down of a season, yeah, you you lose no matter what year. I'm like, yeah, no, we we went like I was just saying, yeah, we went to Butler on their senior night. Mm-hmm. And Keenan Martin and Andrew Shabazz just decided they were just going to turn up. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, there were just wasn't much we could do. Just go back to every single thing. Go back to the best squads in Creighton history. They've all gotten their doors blown off one time or two. 13 14, Doug senior year. They were down by 20 at Providence. The day, the, the game before they cooked Nova senseless mm-hmm. and truly. Like, mm-hmm. it just happens. This team hasn't had that happen yet. And I'm like, there's something there, people. Like you're you're closer to the place you want to be than you're further away from it. I think they see a loss like that, and you're like, why are you losing to a Xavier team that hadn't been playing well? And it's like, well, Xavier know Xavier knew they hadn't been playing well too, and they responded. 
because mm-hmm. Xavier's good. Like, mm-hmm. If you think you're going to walk into a program like Xavier and just bury them when they're down, that's not how Xavier responds. Yeah, no. Like, that's not what they're pro. They have a culture too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not just going to lay down for you because you're good this oh, year. Sure. They're like, well, hey, hold up. We want what you got. So we're going to come take it. That's what happened yesterday. And even yeah. as even as well as Xavier played, everything went well for them yesterday. Scruggs went off. Fremantle went off. Every box you would have to check for Xavier to play well, they checked, yeah. check, check. And Mitch still hit a dribble pull-up three to put Creighton within a possession with two minutes left. Think about that. That's what I'm talking about. When you're trying to assess their ceiling, when they're getting everybody's A-plus game, when they're the hunted this year, and they still haven't had a clunker to the degree of, like, just getting run out of the gym, that's 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 symbolic, too. Like, that has to mean something. Definitely. That you keep giving yourself a chance to win even when you lose. Like, that, right. that's like that has to be – that's part of your makeup, is it not? Because in the NCAA tournament, you're not going to walk in and kill teams. You're going to be in those games every single time. Exactly. Right. So that had like for you guys when you're watching that, are you like, yeah, um, they didn't do this well, they didn't do that well, they lost, but they can watch that on film and they can learn from that. Like they they can improve that the next game, right? No L's this year, only lessons. That's it. That's right. That's the what. That's your yeah. No losses, just lessons. Yeah. Losses this year for the squad, just lessons collecting data. That's part of it. It is. That's the theory. Because mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament, they're going to face not that there. There's no scenario they've seen this year that they won't see in the NCAA tournament. There's just not. There isn't one that's possible. Xavier in Omaha. They Xavier got up to a what was it, twenty-two to seven? Was that the lead? It was like seventeen to five. Mac burned an early timeout. You know, Mac yeah. never burns early timeouts. Yep. Hates calling those things. Mm-hmm. wants you guys to play through everything mm-hmm. 17 to five and you guys won that game uh 23 to six against providence um and you get that down to a single possession mm-hmm. uh down seven to kansas with a couple minutes left denzel goes off gets him back to even like marquette like you know nebraska's hanging around and like they're probably feeling good about trying to knock off the in-state rival and then you hit them with one of those epic epic runs like yeah basketball nirvana runs and it's just like a blowout marquette down 12 not playing well marquette's on a like their bench is hyped they're just running they're basically just about to blow this thing open and then that thing that thing was a crazy battle down the stretch they got to a one one possession game Mm -hmm. so i mean they haven't seen anything providence well they were they up at providence on the road 12 13 uh what was it at halftime um, I think it was like eight. Mitch just hit the three. Yeah, yeah. The, the court bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they were up like I think they were up like twelve or fifteen in the second half. I think it was like fifty three yeah. thirty something. Fifty three thirty. Second half. Yeah. Like 15, yeah. I think Marcus hit that deep one and that put him up fourteen or something. Yep. Or something. Yep. And what does Providence do? Come all the way back and tie that thing with like seven seconds left. What does Creighton do? Did Creighton even blink? They didn't even no, have a chance no to blink. No Christian t- Christian brings the ball right into Marcus with seven seconds left. They don't call oh, it T.O., geez. nothing. Marcus goes right to his kill spot, turns around, sees Christian coming in transition, flips it back, dunk at the buzzer. Have you ever seen such a thing? No. That's what I'm talking about. Like, they've seen that it. Was like, that, was, that was like the dream scenario of when a coach doesn't have to drop a play to end the game. That yeah. was it. That was literally it. You're like, this is what I've trained these people for. <laughs> they just respond <laughs> to situations like, on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> they they got it. They yeah. get it when I yell. They understand. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. Like they they've been the hunted most of this season and they've never let a team just get off on them. 
They're always like, all right, you had a good stretch, but we're going to come back at you. That's what they're going to see in this tournament. So that's why I haven't sweat. And none of these losses have been like, oh, that's alarming. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe it happens. I don't know. They got two games left. Maybe it happens where you're like, ooh, uh, that team just threw a schematic there that Creighton hasn't seen. Yeah, damn. Like, now I'm worried. Now I'm worried. You just jinx some shit because I know you don't. You, listen, I can, only, I can only analyze the sample size I have. So I'm just saying what I've seen so far. Matt's not superstitious, but he says things to jinx things. I mean, you haven't jinxed anything yet, but. This could what be. did I what did I tell you though, Connor? I don't know if you heard what I said to him last time, but what did I tell you last time? You don't bet against goats, right? When they have that mentality, like Marcus has that goat mentality, where he's just like, "We're gonna win." Fuck that! Like we're not gonna lay down for this for this for this team. Whatever it is that day, they're not gonna lay down, right? They're too prepared. They put in too much work. I pray you're right. Like, I really hope. Just- and, I mean, where? like, show me where I've been wrong so far. I'm not saying they're going to go to a Sweet 16. I mean, I'm not saying I they're going to go to Elite Eight. I'm not saying they're going to a Final Four win in a Natty. I'm just saying they're going to give themselves a chance. That's all I'm saying. And when Man. that happens, that, you live with the results at that point. Like, team, they might, a team might throw in a miracle 30-foot, 30 35-footer and beat them. But that's not – It's but it's going to take that. If if Nova beats them by twenty, I'm I'm we're not recording an episode next week. I'm, I'm <laughs> Why? Why? I would be so upset because that'll be that, that'll just be another one they've learned from again. They've like okay, now we know what it looks like to get our doors blown off. Now we've literally experienced the whole spectrum. Scourge oh, kind of it. Good he gets nervous like this though. If you listen back to the Super Bowl podcast, listen back to the Super Bowl podcast. He was like. I think I got to go with Tom Brady. And I'm like, you think you got to go with Tom Brady? I'm like, sure. <laughs> right? You remember how nervous he was? It's like, was. you're talking about the GOAT, my guy. But you I was also like, put some respect that time, on that resume. Okay. Put some respect on that resume. Okay. I didn't, but it he's wasn't beating as, dudes. He's beating dudes that aren't even alive anymore for Super Bowl rings. But you also have to understand, I was upset because he had won me. So he had never won you personally any Super Bowls, but me personally, he won them in New England got, yeah, and then itch. And so there was still this part of me that wanted to be like, ah, oh, you know, if this doesn't work out for him, I still want to be able to be like, you know, I said at the beginning of this year, he should have just stayed in New England. Obviously, <laughs> that's going I overthink. Connor, I overthink. I'm a, I'm an overthinking. I mean, Connor, superstar. you know it with Deshaun, right? Remember, like, why, why are we – like, I got the Texans gear on right now, but we talked before the podcast, before we started recording – that this is like short lived, right? Whenever Deshaun finds his new home, we're riding with Deshaun. Why? Because Deshaun does go. Sean, Deshaun does goat shit. He does goat shit. He definitely. I'm. I'm Ooh, with that. Uh, why I'm does Alabama not have Deshaun his? Why does not like, Alabama have two more titles right now, or one more title right now? Deshaun Watson. Because Deshaun went and did some goat shit. Like, why is Clemson a thing now? Why is Clemson a thing now? Remember what Clemson used to be known for? They used to be known for choking all the time. Remember they call it Clemsoning? Have you guys remember, remember that? No. Nope, they used to be known for. I couldn't have named a quarterback from Clemson before Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, they used to have they used to have dudes that would choke away big games and big leads, like Florida State. They would lose, they lose it like Miami, like all this stuff. They would it was called Clemsoning because they would choke away games all the time. Then Deshaun Watson got there, and they have been an elite dynasty since. Because goat shit, you root for like when you find a goat and you see what they do, you don't like you don't sweat them. That's what I'm saying, Marcus. Why am I not sweating Creighton? Because they got. Because they got dudes with that mentality. Yeah. Why was I not? Why was I? Remember when I said Tampa Bay was going to be up three scores against the Chiefs? Remember when I said that? And you're like, what? Remember when I said that? Yeah, you did. How did that game? Were they not up three scores against the Chiefs? 
Was Brady not was Brady not throwing hey, touchdowns right. and literally he You're went right. to Tyron Matthew and he like right. started a fight with that You're dude. You're right. You're right. You but why it. am I right though? I'm not just like trying to brag. No, like, man. why am I right? Because he's the GOAT and you like you yeah. don't bet against that. So okay. All right, I'm with that. Because now yeah, if, we're, if Creighton loses by 30 on Wednesday, it won't change a thing. Just because we're anointing Marcus as the goat. The no, goat. we're not anointing Marcus as the goat. We're saying his mindset is like he can that flip the script. He, he can li- he can win and learn. He's got the win and learn mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with that. I'm 100. Yeah. And I'll back that. Yeah. Like you, but you, but you said it earlier. They're only this whole season is building towards one thing. The one thing they didn't get to do last year. Exactly. Because everything else they've experienced this year, they already did that. Yep. Am I not? I mean, that's what I. That's what. That's where my theory is based on. They're just trying to get to March. They're trying to be healthy. They're trying to build their bodies and their timing and their rhythm, so that they can go into March and get something that they haven't gotten yet. Mitch Please. came. Mitch came to. Mitch came to Creighton and he wanted to play in four NCAA tournaments. He's only played in one, and he's a senior. Mm. Think about how hungry that dude is. Right. Mm. Look how Dame's playing right now. Think Dame's not hungry. Mm. That dude's that dude's like that dude's fighting every day. Like he's mm. that dude's a scrapper. His whole season is like building towards this. Oh yeah. He wants them. He want those guys want March moments. That's what they're best. That's what they're run in the tournament. And he'll finally get the respect he deserves. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're. That's what they're after. They're all hungry as hell for that. So they didn't show. Yeah, they didn't. Like I just, you can criticize them for not showing up on Saturday with that mindset against Xavier, but. It's just the reality right now. They've beaten Xavier before. They went into Syntas last Syntas Center last year and beat them. Sorry. Like, that's old stuff. What they haven't done yeah. yet is go into March and make a run. No Creighton team has, and they know that too. Like, they, you don't think they want to be the first team to do it? To etch their names in the history books? Talk about it then. Talk about it then. <laughs> well, I haven't. You, you, you lived it. You guys lived it. Connor came Talk to Creighton. Ha- Connor came to Creighton hungry as hell to go to the tournament. Did you not? Mm-hmm. So that's your right. was that your main drive and focus? And you weren't trying to drop. I'm not. I want to average twenty in the Big East. You didn't care about that stuff. Am I wrong? You just want to go to the tourney, right? You, want to to, you wanted to go to March Madness. Jordan, what were you setting up last year? You guys won the Big East title. What were you planning? Man, hey, I mean, see, I was, hey, like I me, told you, yeah. That's why I was saying. That's why I even asked Connor. I was like, man, what was your like moment of being like? What locked you in more? Right? Like, what made you be like? I don't even care about myself right now. I'm just into this team. For me, it was like, yo, we are last year. I was like, how good we were, everything, knowing I wanted to get into podcasts and everything. I was like, oh, this is going to be an incredible opportunity because we're about to be the first Creighton team, go to the tournament, right? Like, and win a bunch of games. And because I'll start doing podcasts after this seat, like, I'm going to build all these contacts from whenever we're, wherever we're traveling to go to all these places, like whether we're staying in hotels with UCLA or uh, wherever, like years before, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like this is my senior year. Now I've built myself up from like, cause it came full circle. Cause I'm thinking freshman year, I went to the tourney, didn't really know much about what the tourney is. Didn't understand how much of an opportunity that is. Fast forward junior year, I'm like itching to get back. And then last year, I'm like my whole year, once I realized how good we were and once it really started shaping out. I'm like, I'm going to build all these contacts and I'm going to start my podcast after Creighton makes his final four run. And I'm going to talk about the experience in itself and didn't happen. Right. But that's, I mean, yeah, to your point, it's like, yes, you go to 
Creighton to go to the NCAA tournament. You go to Creighton to go to the Final Four. They played. They played twenty three games right now, and they're like, "When have you seen them at their best?" You know what I'm saying? Like, when have yeah. you seen them at their best? Like, Villanova came in and they got to be. They were like, they got to make a statement. They did, right? That's their best performance, right? Mm-hmm. Seton Hall came in. That's the team they beat for the Big East title last year. Seton Hall came in. They're like, "We want that back." Creighton's like, "Nah, here's, right. a, here's a forty piece for you." Right they ran them out of the gym, embarrassed yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? Like they. That their best has shown itself in moments where you're like expecting it. So I don't know. I'm not predicting that's going to happen. Like I'm not putting that on on it. Like I'm not trying to jinx it or anything. I'm not saying, oh yeah, they're a lock for the Space 16. The, no Creighton team is a lock for that because no Creighton team has done it. So that'd be silly. But I'm saying they are supremely motivated to accomplish that because they didn't get to try to do it last year. It's like they're there is something to unfinished business. It's not just like a media narrative. Those guys are motivated, right? You know what I mean? Like where you could, when Connor, after Connor was gone and you came back the next year in that 1920 squad, like were you guys not supremely motivated to be, uh, to build off of what you guys did the year before? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that, because like I, we just, like I was saying, cause it was just like, it, it was more so you like, because of what Connor and KJ like instilled in us, it was like, we know how good we are. We just didn't execute it last year. Like, and now we know from these guys, like, we're a year older, smarter, and have the knowledge from these guys to be able to now go and execute it. That's all it really came down to. It was as simple as that. And so, I mean, you see, I mean, you see it now. Like, I don't even have to speak on it and as much as we see it. It's just, it's what's going on now. Yeah. Before we, tap, before we preview Wednesday, I wanted to ask Marcus or uh, Connor about Mitch real quick. Like, because I remember Mitch talking about, uh, like conversations he would have with you and have you seen him like just in, cause you, you still talk to him. So I know, you know how different he is, I guess, or how much he's changed and grown. Do you see uh, like, what do you see in terms of how much of a leader he's become? Um, cause he's kind of unique. He's a guy who will be pretty outspoken if he makes him, it makes a mistake. I think that's kind of unique. You don't really see guys like openly criticize themselves in the moment. Um, but I do think that rubs off too, because you're like, all right, well, Mitch, if Mitch is holding himself accountable to that degree, the rest of us can as well. Like, did you did you see the early makings of the leader he could be when you were around him your year at Creighton? Definitely, just because like the type of person he is, really. And I think Scurry, you could hang it out with Mitch outside of it. Like, he's just a I'm gonna take care of you before me type of guy. And he, I felt like his leadership is more. At least when I when I was with him, it was like my action, like oh he's gonna, he's you always saw him putting up work or uh, getting extra shots up too. Um, obviously, he's outspoken and he holds himself accountable. And now other players are looking at themselves too because he holds him himself at such a high degree and expects excellence from himself. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, just being around Mitch, I think he was one of my hosts too with, with you, Skur, and just seeing the type of person he is, seeing. Um, his dedication and the, the main thing for me was he was probably the most selfless player on the team. Like he would, I think it was a game, a three game spurt my my senior year where he took a combined three shots. I'm like, yeah, I this dude that. is this dude is the best shooter I've, I've ever seen like in person. Like I'm talking about, he'll make 35 in a row casually, and one would go in and out and like, oh, it's, it was like it was like a big deal. I'm like. You said 35 straight, you know? So, I mean, 
a guy like a guy like that taking you know not caring about getting his shots things that's that's a culture guy number one number two that's who you want one of your leaders to be you know and he, he's going to show that to the young guys by his actions and obviously his words too so I 100% I could see I think I honestly thought he was just as much as a leader as he is obviously he's grown but he was a leader my senior year I think he was a sophomore then like he was people looked up to him 100% yeah no he's always been just a leader naturally just in terms of like his work ethic and all that just because people see how hard it is and it's just how hard he works and all that and it's inspiring but I think getting to know him it was really interesting. Like, I think you, you're downplaying it a lot too. Like he took a lot of what you taught him and like what you brought in your year of like being the dude who, cause he reminds me a lot of you now, like you're saying like, he'll hit you up at least monthly. Right. Like he will hit me, like he'll hit me and he's funny. Like if we don't talk for like a month, he'll hit me and be like, well, how the hell are you? Like what, like why, like, you know, like Mitch. Right. But I think it's just funny because, uh, I think you you did a lot of that and like in terms of like making sure you stay in touch with somebody and like making sure you're there for their mental and not just their game and not just whatever I think he really has like grown as a leader because of that he's always just been a natural hardworking, like inspirational kind of guy but like for, like he's really grown into he he knows how to put himself around the right people and I think he 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 learned from you because he's smart and he knows guys like he wanted to learn, like guys who are able to inspire like he wants to. Like he was like, oh, let me let me learn here from Connor. And I, th- I think he carries a lot of that with him now. So it, it's, it's awesome. I love Mitch. Yeah, there was like there's uh, there was one practice that year. I think it was the first practice that you guys got back from beating Clemson. Where it was oh, like the yeah. first time. It was like the first time I like heard his, his like his voice, you know, not like his actual voice, but like his his impact through his voice on the team. Because honestly, that was probably one of the worst practices of the year. But I think it was because you guys maybe had like, you know, uh, read some of your press press cuppings, right? Because you know Ty had thirty six or something like that, right? And you guys beat a Clemson team that had made the Elite Eight before that, so you're probably flying a little bit too high, right? And that practice didn't. Like that practice had to be like a come back down to earth type. And I remember uh, you guys ended it by running sprints because it was so bad. Like you guys were just running. It was one of those practices that just ended with running. And Mitch was talking the whole time you were running. I don't know if you guys remember this at all, but like I do remember. It still it stuck out with me because the huddle after it was basically like, guys, look, we haven't done anything yet, but if we build the right habits and keep doing the right things, we can be the first team to go to the Sweet 16. He said it right then and there. So I think that's what he's been building towards his whole career since then. Like it was just trying to be the first team to do it because you probably thought like going into that tournament after you'd beaten Clemson and, and basically looked as good as you guys did, like we're capable of this, but we have to keep doing the right things and build on. But like, I remember just like, you guys are just dying, sprinting up and down the floor. And Mitch is just like, he will not shut up. I've never seen someone talk like that while they're running. And it's just like, he was, I felt like he was kind of like, breaking out of a shell there and kind of becoming the leader that we see now. And I thought it was like in that moment. And I don't know. I feel like everything's every, like I said, there are little pieces of the puzzle that have been laid down these last three years started that 18, 19 year. I feel like it is like, I feel like it's all connected to like why we see this team as good as it is right now. 
because of all that stuff. Um, so anyway, Wednesday night, they get to play for another Big East title. That's two years in a row for everybody who thinks this year has been disappointing. Um, so against Villanova, so like, how do you guys see that going? Villanova's both teams are coming off a loss, so that's like it's kind of a little bit similar circumstances as last year. Seton Hall was coming off the Nova loss on senior night; they were big time disappointed. Um, and Creighton had, you know, Creighton beat Georgetown, but they were also coming off the St. John's loss that seemed kind of disappointing. Um, so, like, how do you guys see Wednesday night going down? What do you what do you see about that matchup that? Um, that you think will play out on Wednesday? Well, I just think, for starters, I think it's funny to note how in unison some of the losses have been for Creighton and uh, Nova this year. Because I feel like it's like whenever I'm, like, upset over a Creighton loss, I then am now I'm less upset because then Nova loses, and I'm like, at least they're still one and two. Like, so I think it's funny how that works. But I, I just think this is going to be, I don't know, it's it, it's awesome again too, just because two seasons back to back that Creighton has a chance at the end of the year to like win the conference. I think it's again, if it's like last year, I'm excited and I think Creighton's gonna do awesome just because it's like they've been building their season up to this point, where it's like Villanova's kind of like tailed off to this point. So I think it's like, I mean, I guess both coming off losses, it's a hard harder argument to make but I think in the grand scheme of things if you look at it that way this could be the jump off point to get Creighton to like where they need to go postseason wise whether it's Big East tournament and NCAA tournament so I think whatever team whatever the outcome may be I hope it's just that jump off point for Creighton like whether it's like a if it is like a you referenced it earlier when we beat Nova and then they went on to win the national championship right like that was their last loss I think this game is just going to be very telling of how whatever happens is going to be very telling of what's going to happen to both teams in their like NCAA tournament experience, kind of like that. Kind of what do you think? Number one, all I know is I'm about to talk crazy mess to Jalen about this, regardless of going into it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, all the time. But yeah, I kind of agree with Skur there. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously both teams are well coached and, you know, both teams are hungry for for I, I I know you talked about the run in March, but obviously we're not going to just be like oh we don't want this title too. So obviously like what you said too. I mean, so I think they're both gonna be hungry. I think both the teams are talented. Both the coach well. I think you know it's gonna come down to as silly as it is like who just who wants it more and and who wants to go um, further in the tournament too. As Scurry said. The um, it could be a blueprint for the jump start that's needed for the Big East tournament and the, and the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, I, I'm going Creighton per usually. I think we can handle. It. I think we could pull it off. And when we do, I'll be talking to to, to Jalen Brunson about that one. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's something about the matchup that I think inherently favors Creighton because of the way both teams are built. Like Creighton is really good this year at creating off the dribble. So I think Villanova is going to have to do some creative things defensively to stop that because I always kind of felt like that was a that was going to be a big problem because they don't really defend the dribble very well this year. They just don't, you know, Sadiq's in the league now. Like he was their main guy who could kind of plug that up and stop that from happening. So 
I just think Creighton's got too many creators that can, you know, basically be initiators of offense. They can go off the bounce and make plays for others and get their own. And I think that's tough for Nova to deal with. So that's why I kind of, I wasn't surprised the matchup in Omaha got the way the played out the way it did because I felt like, you know, it was going to look like that from a defensive standpoint for Villanova. I just wasn't sure how Creighton was going to defend Gillespie and and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So when they sh- when they when they shut them down, I was like, this is going to get ugly because mm-hmm. Villanova's it's tough for Villanova the way they're built to stop Creighton. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out because I don't know if Villanova's gotten a whole lot better defensively to the degree they'll need to be if Creighton's on their A game on Wednesday. So I, it might look the same, honestly. Um, but I'm expecting both teams to be at their best, though, because I think both of them know the stakes now. As yeah. like Jordan, as you laid them out, they feel like this can be a pretty big springboard for both teams because either team can clinch the title outright, essentially. The way the percentages work out now with Creighton and Villanova both losing another game, there, there really doesn't look like a scenario where they can share it if on winning percentage. So they know this is essentially for the outright title and building toward March that, you know, both teams felt like they had good squads for last year, but didn't get to experience. So it, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be down to the wire because I think both teams will bring their a game. Um, that's about all I got today. I don't know, Jordan, you want to hit on anything else? Any other topics? Nah, man, I just appreciate you, Connor. It's been good, man. Good to catch up. Good to talk that talk. I'm glad we have a good slate of things to talk about, man. Man, Thank you guys so much for having me. Always a blessing talking to you, too. Skirball, I miss you, man. Got to catch up soon when I'm back in the States. We're going to get together soon, man. All right. As soon as they let us out. As soon as they free the world. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right. We appreciate you, Connor. Keep doing your thing overseas, man. Hope everything goes well for you. Um, Everybody, thank you for tuning in. This was episode 11, Scurrying the Scrub. We'll hit you up next week.